0: happening in the world coming up on NTD news first our top stories Hunter Biden is in court today likely pleading guilty to federal tax charges but his plea deal with the Justice Department has somewhat fallen apart six people are injured including two firefighters after a crane collapses onto a New York City street this morning The Alabama senator holding up military promotion says he'll not back down before Congress goes into a month-long recess soon. He also says no one from the Biden administration contacted him to find a solution. Former President Trump declines an invitation to meet with the governor of Iowa for a chat during the Iowa State Fair. Find out why. Welcome. To NTD News Today, I'm Chris Beers, our top news. The president's son, Hunter Biden, is in court today, but his plea deal appears to be on the rocks. He was expected to plead guilty to federal tax charges, with the Justice Department recommending probation. But just before noon, the department and Hunter's lawyers confirmed a disagreement. The case relates to not paying taxes on time in 2017 and 2018. The total owed was over $200,000, according to prosecutors. They also said that his income from Chinese and Ukrainian energy companies left him with ample funds to pay, but instead he spent his money on luxuries. The judge asked Hunter about his drug and alcohol abuse, to which he says he has been in and out of rehab for over 20 years, but that he has been sober since mid-2019. As part of his conditions for release, Hunter cannot use drugs or drink alcohol. He can also be randomly tested. The president's son is also facing a felony gun charge and that's the reason the deal has fallen apart. The judge asked the two parties to clarify if that charge is covered in the deal, and it appears that they hadn't decided. Hunter is still expected to plead guilty, but it's not clear if a deal will be reached today. A crane caught on fire and then collapsed in New York City this morning, injuring six people. It was carrying 16 tons of concrete when it toppled into a building.
1: Here's the mayor. As you see from the debris on the street, uh, this could have been much worse. Uh, we are extremely fortunate, number one, that we were not during the busy busy time of the day. As you know, the Port Authority is here. Many of the buses moved through here. Uh, we were extremely fortunate. We're also fortunate that the men and women of FDNY and our first responders responded in such a manner and properly made the right evaluation of how to look at the fire that we were uh, presented and the crisis we were presented, and coming up with the right effective solution to minimize any additional injuries.
0: Two of the six injured were firefighters. Authorities say the crane's cabin suddenly caught fire at 7.30 in the morning. It was working on a vacant building, but the top portion of the crane collapsed into an adjacent building and then crashed to the ground. No one had life-threatening injuries, but at least three of the injured were hospitalized. The crane had the mark of the Loma Crane Company. The company's owner faced a crane collapse case in 2008 when two workers were killed. Oscar-winning actor Kevin Spacey has been cleared of all charges of sexual assault. A London jury has found him not guilty of nine accusations, including two against four men. But I would like to say
2: that I'm enormously grateful to the jury for having taken the time to examine all of the evidence and all of the facts carefully before they reach the decision. And I am humbled by the outcome today.
0: Spacey won Oscars for Best Actor in American Beauty and Best Supporting Actor in The Usual Suspects. The charges against him cover the period from 2004 to 2013. The Hollywood star was first accused of sexual assault in 2017 by actor Anthony Rapp. After the accusations came to light, Spacey was dropped from the TV drama House of Cards and removed from the movie All the Money in the World. He pleaded not guilty to all charges. The trial lasted more than three days. Today also marks his 64th birthday. The lone senator holding up hundreds of military promotions says he'll not back down even with Congress going into a month-long recession soon. He also says no one from the Biden administration seriously addressed the issue with him to find a middle ground.
3: Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama says he is unlikely to budge on his hold on top military promotions and nominations. Tuberville wants the military to overturn a policy that funds travel and leave for military service members who get an abortion but are legally constrained in the states in which they're stationed. Democrats says he's hurting military readiness by holding up the 300 promotions. Tuberville made his latest remarks on media outlet The Hill this week, right before the five-week August Senate recess. Watch.
2: No, I'm not gonna change my mind. First of all, I've had almost zero uh, communication with the White House. I mean, if if they really cared about readiness and uh, the things that really need to be happening with our military, they'd change this back in five minutes and then send a bill down there to the floor and let
3: Congress go through this. Tuberville previously criticized the Biden administration for implementing the policy without Congress. He says they're ignoring the different branches of government and their functions.
2: The Biden administration has turned the DOD into an abortion travel agency. They did it by using just a memo.
3: The policy gives 21 days of paid leave for military members who want to get an abortion or accompany a spouse or other dependent to get one. The policy also reimburses travel costs for people who can't get an abortion locally due to state restrictions. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby earlier this month explained why the policy is needed to guarantee military readiness.
4: Whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of healthcare and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, That is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river.
3: He also said that the military is an all-volunteer force, so it's the benefit of the U.S. providing this service to troops. Also this month, President Biden called Senator Tuberville's hold irresponsible. Biden called on the Republican Party to do something against Tuberville's standoff.
0: The Confidential Pentagon memo states transgender soldiers can delay employment by 300 days if they're using hormones to transition. What else does it permit? And what are critics saying? I spoke with Epoch Times reporter Darlene Sanchez to find out. Darlene Sanchez, thank you for joining us.
5: Thank you for having me, Chris.
0: Darlene, what does this memo say exactly?
5: Well, this was a a memo that came out um, in February, but it's been kind of, you know, put, um, you know, they've actually kind of, you know, underplayed it and not really wanted it out there. But it's about, it's a blueprint, basically, of how the military will go about um, offering soldiers transgender care, basically. And what does it say about that offering? Well, it goes into detail about what they are eligible for, which is like top surgery, you know, bottom surgery, that's what they call it. But basically it's, you know, uh, either breast implants or um, mastectomies and then um, other, you know, bottom surgeries. Uh, That is, all of that is offered. Some of it's offered at that particular medical facility in the military and some of it isn't. They would have to actually, um, you know, have other facilities take over that type of care. And what's the purpose for the guidelines outlined in this memo? I think it's just to get everybody on board to, you know, here are the here are the procedures, these are the they even had, you know, how you're supposed to code it, things like that. Um, You know, just it was basically a blueprint. So everybody would follow the same guidelines, you know, down to where once a soldier actually said, you know, I'm a man or I'm a woman, whichever that they identified with, um, that then they could start they could ask for waivers and start uh, dressing like their preferred gender and um, even get a uh, physical fitness uh, waiver as well.
0: Now, this memo has been pretty controversial. What are critics saying about it?
5: Well, I mean, I think, like for example, um, neuropsychologist Alan Hopewell, who um, you know has been kind of on the forefront of this. Um, you know, he's he was in the military for 28 years. He's been a um, in the psychiatric field for 50 years, and he says that this is just exactly what he feared. That these transgender soldiers, first of all, he says that they're mentally unstable. Because just that, you know, it it is a mental uh, disability, he says. And put stress uh, of combat in there and also with hormones that have been known to cause, you know, mood swings and and shifts and even the way people behave and their personalities. Um, He said that's really a dangerous combination. Yeah, it sounds like that. How would that affect things on the battlefield
0: for these soldiers?
5: Well, you know, that's what he he says. Basically, he thinks that the military needs to do a study about these hormones in particular, um, you know, and how they're going to actually make that uh, viable, um, you know, when you're deployed, you know, to, uh, you know, a conflict situation, because they're not going to have the same type of medical facilities and care available, you know, in the field. Um, you know, when they're fighting a war. So he says he, he feels like that this, that they will never be combat ready. And if they do go into combat, that it could be a problem because of the lack of medical care. And also because, you know, there's, if, if they're not um, mentally stable and they're out there in that situation, it could endanger them, you know, or their fellow soldiers.
0: Well, Epoch Times reporter Darlene Sanchez, thank you. Thank you. Coming up, buying major items like homes and vehicles may soon be a little more expensive. The Federal Reserve is expected to announce interest rate hikes today. And Amazon faces a wide-ranging lawsuit from the Federal Trade Commission. More in just a moment, here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. Former President Trump has declined an invitation from the governor of Iowa. She's inviting all Republican presidential candidates for chats at the Iowa State Fair. Almost every GOP candidate accepted Governor Kim Reynolds' invitation. With its first-in-the-nation caucuses, Iowa is often seen as a key indicator of whether a candidate has a chance in securing their party's nomination. The fair side chats, as they're called, are scheduled for August 10th through August 18th in Des Moines, Iowa. Trump endorsed Reynolds during both her elections, but his opinion of the governor appears to have soured in recent months amid her decision not to return the favor. In an interview with the Des Moines Register in February, she pledged to remain neutral on the presidential primary race in order to make all candidates feel welcome to the Iowa caucuses. Earlier this month, in a Truth Social post, the former president expressed dissatisfaction with her for that choice. New York Congressman George Santos will face yet another challenger for his congressional seat. Mike Sapraconi announced his decision to run on Tuesday. He's a retired NYPD detective and a local business leader living in Queens. The embattled Santos now has nine opponents looking to unseat him. The freshman congressman is facing a 13-count federal indictment and censure from Congress. Sapricone pledged to bring back honest public service to the 3rd District Congressional Office. Connecticut authorities are accusing the brother of the late football star, Aaron Hernandez, of planning school shootings. The Department of Corrections reported Dennis Hernandez has been arrested and charged with threatening and breach of peace. Arrest documents stated he appeared to be planning shootings at the University of Connecticut and Brown University. He had connections to both schools. He used to be the football team's captain at UConn and coached at Brown. An ex-girlfriend told Bristol police about his alleged plans and revealed other threatening texts. That's all according to the warrant. Hernandez is set to be in court next week. His brother, he's the brother of Aaron Hernandez, the former New England Patriots star who is convicted of murder and later killed himself in prison. The U.S. may soon have a new cybersecurity director. The White House announced that President Biden will nominate Harry Coker for the job. Coker is a national security expert and has been a public servant for over four decades. He served 20 years in the U.S. Navy. Then he held various positions in both the CIA and the NSA. He currently works for a cybersecurity institute at Auburn University. If confirmed, Coker will help implement Biden's new national cybersecurity plan, released back in March 23, 2023. The position has gone unfulfilled since February, after the previous director resigned. The Federal Trade Commission is finalizing its long-awaited antitrust lawsuit against Amazon in a move that could ultimately break up parts of the company. According to Politico, the wide-ranging lawsuit is expected to as soon as August. The report says it will likely challenge a host of Amazon's business practices, The complaint could focus on challenges to Amazon Prime, Amazon pricing rules, and policy that allegedly force merchants to use Amazon's logistics and advertising services. The report says the commission has interviewed dozens of witnesses both inside and outside Amazon, including CEO Andy Jassy and former CEO and founder Jeff Bezos. It's likely to file the case in the federal court rather than in its House Tribunal. Buying major items like homes and vehicles may soon be a little more expensive. The Federal Reserve is expected to announce interest rate hikes at 2 p.m. Eastern Time today. Inflation in the U.S. has cooled significantly to about 3 percent. However, the Federal Reserve wants it down to 2 percent. That's why many economic analysts say the Fed will announce interest rate increases despite the potential threat to the economy. Some analysts say rate hikes could restrict the country economically while others say holding rates steady could result in persistently high inflation. If the expected rate boost happens, it will mark the 12th since last spring, the highest rate in 22 years. The European Central Bank is also expected to raise rates on Thursday. The European Central Bank is also expected to raise rates on Thursday, even amid signs of an economic slowdown. And Analysts predict the Bank of Japan will keep rates unchanged. And Here to talk to me about the Federal Reserve rate hike decision is my good friend and colleague, NTD businesses, Don Ma. Don, can you tell us more about the meeting this afternoon?
4: Yeah, sure. Well, what I'm seeing is that stocks around the world uh, fell earlier this morning. Um, we'll see where they end up uh, later today. But investors were more on the cautious side uh, ahead of the Federal Reserve decision later today. Uh, as you mentioned, the Fed will announce the hike at 2 p.m. Um, And then afterwards, Chair Powell will give a press conference.
0: What are investors going to be looking for out there?
4: Uh, Investors will be looking for more details around that potential hike. Uh, it, It could happen at the September or November meeting, but it's also possible that July could see the last hike of this cycle. The second hike uh, coming in December is unlikely, but it's possible if inflation reemerges because of an unforeseen economic shock.
0: And what are the chances of a rate increase today?
4: Well, Chris, um, I think you would be pretty safe betting on another hike today. And, and since you asked, uh, let's hear what a market analyst had to say on the chances uh, who I spoke to earlier today. And joining me now is Joseph Trevisani, senior analyst at FX Street. So, I guess the biggest question you know, are we going to see a hike today? What do you think?
2: I don't think there's any question. As, as, a, as, as 100% as you can say in the Fed world, and it never is 100%, we will see a hike today. The Fed has telegraphed it. On top of that, more importantly, the market totally expects it. And if the Fed did not hike today, you would see a pretty serious reaction in both the equities and the bonds, particularly the bonds. And the Fed does not want that.
4: What What's motivating the Fed to uh, want to hike today?
2: You know, the Fed is running a two-track program. It, it's running its Fed funds track, of which we know what the result has been over 500 basis point hikes. But it's also running a. An, a an opinion, if you will, the rhetoric to affect the market rates, to affect what is current in the bond market. And that's what today's rate is really aimed at, and that's what today's rhetoric is really named at, aimed at. The Fed does not want to see market rates, treasury rates, come off, even if everyone, including the Fed, although they don't quite admit it, thinks they're getting very close to the end of this rate cycle.
4: Do you think Powell will uh, telegraph perhaps another hike after this one?
2: I think what he's going to say is um, the, yes, inflation has come off, but the Fed is still very wary, then probably use the word wary, but very aware of the potential for recurrence, and a, another rate is always in the cards. I don't think he's going to telegraph it, but I think he's going to say that it's very possible that the Fed will do that. After all, as I said, The Fed projection back in June posited 5.6 for the Fed funds at the end of the year.
4: Do you think this is the last rate hike from the Federal Reserve?
2: No, I think you'll probably get one more. I think the Fed will be very comfortable in uh, reaching its own projection, which is 5.6, as I said. But again, in September, the end of the summer, when everybody comes back from their vacations, we're going to get another projection. And that, I think, will be very indicative of what the Fed is going to do. My guess is they will match whatever that projection is.
4: OK. Just one final question. Sure. Under what circumstances do you think the Fed will actually cut rates?
2: Um, if job growth collapses or goes negative. I think that would be the absolute. Because every if that happens, if suddenly you get a, a, a cessation in hiring and people start getting laid off, that flows through to everything else in the economy. That flows through, of course, to the consumer sector, and that is the engine that drives the U.S. economy. So I think that would be the key. It's been the key for a long time that the Fed has focused on jobs. They both said so, and it has been, I think, the key telltale for where their policy is going to go.
4: All right. Thank you so much today. It was great talking to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: A bipartisan Senate bill wants to crack down on hidden fees from resorts and hotels, but an industry group says it's a problem that doesn't need to be solved. The Hotel Fees Transparency Act would create federal guidelines for transparency and pricing. It would require the final price of a hotel room or short-term rental be posted up front. The bill comes after President Biden mentioned the issue at his February State of the Union address. He said his administration would target junk fees in a variety of industries. The managing editor at The Points Guy said he doesn't think it's fair that hotels are charging extra for things that used to be included in the room rate. The American Hotel and Lodging Association says that its poll found that resort fees are rare and that 80% of hotel visitors are willing to pay them if the stay was worthwhile. The Salmonella outbreak has sickened at least 16 people across four states in the Northeast. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says six of the individuals had to be hospitalized. So far, there have been no related fatalities. Investigators say they've spoken to more than a dozen of the patients, most of whom said they remembered recently eating ground beef from ShopRite stores. The CDC says the states affected by the outbreak are New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. The source of the outbreak has not been located and no recalls have been issued as of yet. People who get infected with salmonella often suffer stomach problems and fevers, but usually recover within a week. However, it can pose a more serious threat to the younger and elder populations. The CDC says salmonella germs die when the meat's internal temperature reaches 160 degrees. When we return the latest foldable phone from samsung is it features a new zero gap hinge and have more about the new tech just unveiled and sold a tire company is combining its products with nasa's space technology what makes them different from traditional tires we'll have the details when we return Welcome back everyone. From manual laborers to college graduates, concerns about jobs and incomes are sweeping China. The world's second largest economy is now grappling with a post-pandemic slowdown and skyrocketing unemployment rate. For youth between 16 and 24, the unemployment rate hit a record 21% last month. Since the country only covers those actively seeking jobs, an economist said the real number might reach almost 50%. While the young may settle for low-paying jobs, those in the retirement age are also struggling to keep their families afloat. What's behind the trend? China's real estate market and constructions once accounted for a quarter of economic growth. The sector is now on a downward spiral. As a result, debts are piling up for local levels of the Chinese regime. Weak exports also continue to weigh on economic growth. Meanwhile, according to British consumer goods giant Unilever, China's consumer confidence has tumbled to a historic low. Swiss engineering group ABB also reported a fall of 9% in orders with China during the second quarter. The continued engagement between U.S. elites and communist China is alarming because China is engaged in a, quote, people's war with the U.S. That's according to Bradley Thayer, a founding member of the Committee on the Present Danger China and co-author of Understanding the China Threat. I spoke with him earlier today. Bradley Thayer, thank
6: you for joining us. It's my pleasure to join you today.
0: Bradley, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has stressed the importance of high-level talks with China. What is the effectiveness of such talks been in the past? I think the
6: effectiveness has been uh, very modest. Uh, the visit of Janet Yellen or Climate Czar John Kerry, or U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, uh, there have been a host of Biden administration officials who have gone to China or met with their Chinese colleagues outside of China, and that has not served to improve relations uh, with China uh, in in any way. And that's largely because the administration. Is advancing a position of weakness rather than a position of strength. And so it should not expect uh, to resolve any of the major issues that the U.S. has with China through those types of meetings. And they aren't interpreted by the Chinese leadership, the Chinese Communist Party leadership, as
0: indications of weakness of the U.S. Now, Bradley, you suggested the Biden administration is using a strategy called compartmentalization. Can you tell us what that means? Certainly, it's common in negotiations to, um, even though there may be
6: tension in a relationship, to focus on specific items, for example, arms control or the climate or economic and trade uh, issues, and by so doing, seeking to advance progress uh, in that area. The error error of compartmentalization with China is that the Chinese Communist Party is intent at evicting the United States from its position in international politics. It's a profound threat to the U.S. and U.S. global interests. Therefore, compartmentalization is almost by definition uh, doomed to fail.
0: And now it's not just U.S. officials visiting China. In the past month, Elites like Bill Gates and Henry Kissinger have also met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping, actually. What do you make of these meetings?
6: Well, they're a continuation uh, in the case of Bill Gates and and the other uh, individuals uh, who've met uh, with China of making the effort to sustain Uh, and to communicate a willingness to the Chinese Communist Party of helping China in dire economic circumstances, seeking to maintain good relations uh, with the Chinese Communist Party. That's a gross mistake, because um, Bill Gates is threatened by the Chinese Communist Party just as much as anyone else is, American citizens, citizens around the world, or indeed the citizens of China uh, are. So the effort to facilitate the relationship with the Chinese Communist Party may help Microsoft, uh, but it doesn't help the larger national security interests of the U.S., its allies and partners, or help the position
0: of the Chinese people. And you mentioned this briefly, but what does all this mean for U.S. national security? It means that the Biden
6: administration is continuing to engage in what is termed the engagement school of thought, which is by engaging in economic relations trade uh, with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, the Chinese Communist Party will profit, and the U.S. uh, will as well. It's profoundly mistaken. Uh, It's mistaken because the Chinese Communist Party is intent on destroying the United States, having declared war on the U.S. most recently in 2019, People's War. But it's a continuation of failure, investment uh, in a failed policy. And it's sad to see the Biden administration uh, pursuing this.
0: Bradley Thayer, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. South Korean electronics giant Samsung unveiled its latest generation of foldable smartphones today. The company's new device features a new zero-gap hinge and other updates. And TD's Andrew Thomas has the details.
7: Samsung presented its Flip 5 and Fold 5 in Seoul on Wednesday. According to CounterPoint Research, Samsung held nearly two-thirds of the foldable phone market in the first quarter of 2023.
8: The Flip is undoubtedly the story of this launch. It's a really beautiful product. Samsung is the market maker for foldables and they've taken it to the next level, but they've also had to do that because the competitive landscape has intensified as well.
7: Samsung says the new Flip 5 and Fold 5 screens are 25% more durable. They feature Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 processors specifically made for Samsung smartphones. The main improvement is a zero gap hinge The feature allows the smartphones to fold flat instead of the triangular shape of previous generations.
8: I think the overall compactness of these devices, although it's slightly marginal, and the weight reductions as well just make them more comfortable in the hand, just make it a more refined experience, and certainly it means that it raises the competitive benchmark.
7: The Fold 5 is getting a slightly revamped multitasking app dock. Up to four of the most recently used apps automatically appear at the bottom of the screen.
8: They can see a real opportunity to try and seduce people away from iPhone, or at least keep them away from iPhone with a new device, with a new form factor, with nice colors and a lovely user experience.
7: Counterpoint Research says global foldable phone shipments are expected to double in 2023 compared to 2022. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: Airless tires first devised for lunar rovers could make punctures a thing of the past on Earth. They're also much more sustainable than traditional all-rubber tires. That's according to the Smart Tire Company. Here's a closer look.
1: These airless tires were invented by NASA for roving around on the moon. But now an LA-based company is bringing the technology back down to Earth. According to the Smart Tire Company, the tires are airless, durable and will never go flat, making them more sustainable and durable than traditional all rubber tires.
9: So you have these little spring coils going around and you have these radial elements.
1: The tires have a springy mesh design made of shape memory alloy or SMA. And
9: and dispenses it evenly, which is unlike any other tire. What makes shape memory alloys so special is it's like a super elastic material. It's a very flexible lightweight metal that's uh, elastic like rubber, but strong like titanium. So you can actually deflect a tire way down to the rim and it would just always bounce back to its original shape. So you're able to use this as a structural element in a tire now, so you don't need any pressurized air. So that means an airless tire, punctures don't matter. It would never ever get a flat. So your tire can last the life of your vehicle.
1: Despite immense advances in car technology, Cole says tires haven't changed much in over a hundred years, but with regulators turning their scrutiny to tire pollution, tire makers are under pressure to practically reinvent the wheel. Scrap tires are a major environmental problem worldwide due to their bulk and the chemicals they can release. When tires make contact with the road, tiny particles are abraded and emitted. And ironically, that problem is set to become bigger with electric vehicles, given the extra weight of EVs due to their batteries. The Smart Tire Company hopes to offer a solution, while tapping into an industry worth hundreds of billions of dollars
9: this will last much longer than your average tire so the one key element is not only no flats and uh, it's more sustainable because we use less rubber but you won't have to throw the whole tire away uh, when the tread wears out it's going to be one of the first retreadable tires
1: On smart tyres, the only rubber part is the tread, the thin, sheath-like outer part that gives grip on the road, which can be replaced without throwing away the whole tyre, as is currently the case.
9: So the only thing you have to change is the tread, which is far more cost-effective than throwing out the whole tyre and getting a whole new set of tyres.
1: The company says tens of thousands of people worldwide have already joined the waiting list for their first commercial product, an airless smart bicycle tire set to launch in spring 2024.
0: The Chevy Bolt is back from the dead. General Motors confirmed it's bringing the electric vehicle back to the market. Tuesday, the automaker announced it plans to introduce a new model of the Bolt EV. But GM did not share a timeline for the new release and left out specific details about the next-generation Bolt. The company did say the new electric vehicle model will feature the latest in GM's flexible electric vehicle architecture called Ultium. General Motors has said that Ultium battery tech will be the basis of its future vehicles. This announcement comes a few months after GM decided it would end production of the Bolt EV. At the time, the car maker noted the popular EV model did not use the Ultium platform, unlike its other newer electric vehicles. After the break, British billionaire Joe Lewis is charged over insider trading schemes. The owner of Tottenham Hotspur's soccer team was found leaking confidential business information to friends and partners. And the head of one of Britain's biggest banks has resigned after coming under pressure for closing a former politician's bank account. More shortly here on NTD News Today. Back to the news. A Premier League owner is caught in an insider trading scandal. Joe Lewis, British billionaire and owner of Tottenham Hotspur Soccer Club, is facing criminal charges in New York. Today I'm announcing that my office, the Southern District of New York, has indicted Joe Lewis, the British billionaire, for orchestrating a brazen insider trading scheme. According to Manhattan-based U.S. attorney Damian Williams, Lewis slipped confidential business information to others, including his employees, friends or lovers. Williams described the move as classic corporate corruption and deception. We allege that for years, Joe Lewis abused his access to corporate boardrooms and repeatedly provided inside information to his romantic partners, his personal assistants, his private pilots and his friends. Those folks then traded on that inside information and made millions of dollars in the stock market. Lewis founded the investment firm Tavistock Group. According to Forbes, the 86-year-old boasts a net worth of over $6 billion. He's been charged with 16 counts of securities fraud and three counts of conspiracy, with alleged offenses spanning from 2013 to 2021. A major UK bank CEO stepped down today after admitting to a serious error of judgment. Former NatWest CEO Alison Rose was discussing former Brexit party leader Nigel Farage's ties with the bank. NatWest's private bank, Coots, closed Farage's accounts and has faced intense political and media scrutiny over the decision. An internal review showed Coutts' Reputational Risk Committee said his values didn't align with the bank. In a post on, the, on Twitter today, Faraj called for further resignations. According to a NatWest statement, the head of the bank's commercial and institutional business will helm the company for an initial period of 12 months. EU officials announced that for the first time in decades, Americans will soon need to buy a travel visa to Europe. U.S. citizens have enjoyed visa-free travel to Europe for, more, for many years. Starting in 2024, that will come to an end. European Union authorities announced the rule change affecting over 1 billion people, including US citizens. The reason for the change is to improve border security. EU officials say that over 90% of online applicants will be approved in minutes. The cost of the new visa-type document will be about $8. The document will allow for up to 90 days of travel in the 27 EU member countries. Dramatic footage from Peru. Two vans and a motorized vehicle collided in the capital, Lima. Local media say 21 people were injured. At least three remain in intensive care. Footage footage released by local authorities Monday captured the moment of the collision. A pedestrian was seen narrowly avoiding being hit by one of the vehicles. At the scene, bystanders rushed to help those involved in the accident, including one of the van drivers. The cause of the crash is not immediately available. Coming up, over a thousand Viking reenactors gather at a fortress in Denmark for battle. Meanwhile, historians hope the venue will be added to UNESCO's World Heritage List. Details to come on NTD News today. Thanks for staying with us. Over a thousand Vikings have gathered at a fortress in Denmark for battle reenactments and a celebration of Norse culture. The location is one of five that historians hope will be added to UNESCO's World Heritage List. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the festival details.
7: It's been over a thousand years since Vikings fought at the Trelleborg Ring Fortress in Denmark. Now some 1,200 fans have gathered for battle reenactments and a celebration of Norse culture.
10: The Viking Age is one of the most important periods in Denmark and in Scandinavia because a lot happened. You have the towns, the foundation of the towns, uh, you have the Christianization of the people.
7: Trelleborg and four other known ring forts were built during the reign of King Harold Bluetooth Gormson. The Viking ruled Denmark from the 950s to the 980s. Reenactments are serious business. Some participants train year-round. It doesn't take much to, uh, to tip the battle. Ten people on one side can really tip it, but also uh, five, the right five people on the other side can tip it also. So it, it really is a numbers and an experience game. Um, we train a lot. We train. The reenactments are part of the Trelleborg Viking Festival. The annual gathering includes food, music and crafts. The event is one of Denmark's largest Viking festivals.
10: For the Vikings, it's a lifestyle. They are Vikings by heart. And they seek these markets and festivals to, to be together. And when you live like a Viking, you can be, you become completely calm in the
7: end. The reign of King Harald was an important period in Danish history. Swedish telecommunications giant Ericsson even named its Bluetooth wireless technology after the king. Many hope to have the five Danish ring forts added to UNESCO's World Heritage list.
2: I absolutely hope that the fortress gets UNESCO um, status. It is a stunning architectural and archaeological site that absolutely deserves that sort of protection.
7: A decision is expected at a gathering in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia this September. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: There's a unique feature to the humble cucumber that can help us lose weight. Here's Gina Marie with Strong Mind and Body.
10: Cucumbers have been used since ancient times for weight loss. The benefits are due to their high water content and low calorie count. In addition to containing rich nutrients, they can also help people to maintain an ideal weight. This is according to renowned Japanese physician Dr. Takashi Tsurumi. He's famous for his research on enzyme nutrition and introducing a simple cucumber weight loss method. The method involves grinding cucumber into a pulp and including it in every meal. He says that cucumbers and raw vegetables contain enzymes which govern our vital functions. He also mentioned that they boost our metabolism, improve our intestinal environment, achieve better health and maintain an ideal weight. Surumi's book can be roughly translated as the grated cucumber diet. He discovered that cucumbers contain an enzyme called lipase, which aids in breaking down fats. Lipase is also present in kefir and other vegetables like cabbage and avocados. But Surumi's research points to cucumbers having a stronger ability to break down fat. This is compared to other foods containing lipase. If you grind the cucumber into a pulp, it breaks the cell membranes. This multiplies the enzyme and increases its fat-burning activity. Let's look at how the diet functions. The cucumber method involves adding grated cucumbers to daily meals. You can mix them into dressings or use them as a substitute for grated daikon with grilled fish or meat. Simply chewing a whole cucumber slowly and thoroughly can also generate more enzymes than usual. Surami's research suggests that the best results are seen after following the routine for at least a month. You can eat cucumbers with just about anything. Try them with meat, eggs, rice, noodles, salads, and smoothies.
0: Thank you for tuning in today, I'm Chris Beers.